We have with us tonight Mr. Ruven Gottman, who has an incredible story to tell us. Welcome to Committing High Reason, a podcast where we dissect naughty topics such as good versus evil, religion versus no religion, Zionism versus Judaism, and our pet peeve, political propaganda. Committing High Reason will give you tools to strengthen your intellectual independence, enhance your critical thinking, and hopefully acquire some very new perspectives. Now, here's your host, Rabbi Yaakov Shapiro. What happened over there? You were touring Ruvain in Israel? Well, prior to going to Israel, me and my wife took a flight to Egypt, directly from JFK to Cairo. And um, we hired a um, we hired a driver and a tour guide. And when we when we arrived to um, Cairo, the first thing the first place he took us to was to uh, a mosque, and uh, it was a beautiful mosque. We love to see it. But you know, when I go, I don't discuss my religion or my ethnicity. You know, just an American guy. That's it. I'm there. And you know, we stayed at the Four Seasons Hotel, which is um, allegedly the top hotel in. Cairo, or one of the top hotels. You know, when you go into a place like Cairo, you want to stay in a in a very in a very nice hotel. You know, you know, as far mm-hmm. as you know. Do they have a Ritz Carlton in Cairo? I believe they do. We but, stayed at the Four Seasons. Okay. So this is a it's a five star hotel. We were able to eat, you know, fruit, and I I brought my own food with me because I didn't know what kind of you know uh, how things as an Orthodox Jew and someone that that, that keeps the you know kashrus, which is kosher, someone that keeps kosher. Um, even though it's easy in Egypt, because the Muslims do, you're allowed to, as a matter of fact, you're allowed to eat their bread because their bread consists of bread and uh, flour and water, which and there's no, um, as you know, they don't have any pork products. So their whole thing in their bread, they don't have any animal products. It's just flour and water. Oh wow! And and, and and the ovens they cook, they bake the bread in, or just no? They just they just have just they're very big into bread. So uh-huh. so all they have is they have like bakeries, just bread, just bread, just bread. You know, uh, mm-hmm. just bread, just bread. So you can have that. And certain things, you know, if you if you're a little bit, you know, you can have the fat, you can have the fruits, and you know, you can get away with being there for. I was there from Sunday to Friday. Okay, Friday was my flight to Tel Aviv, which is a not which is not an open flight. I was able to get a flight directly to Tel Aviv, but I'll tell you how and why as a as a story unfolds. So we asked. I asked my tour guide, who was very nice, very accommodating, an Egyptian Muslim guy, very lovely fellow. He tells me uh, I, I asked him to see that I'd like to see a synagogue. He goes, well, what do you want to see a synagogue for? Well, I said, well, you know, I mean, I know it's, uh, you have some synagogues that existed prior to uh, the 67 war. And um, I'd like to see it, if you have it. He says, well, you have to just hold on a minute. You know, let me make a phone call. I'll be right back. And he goes, comes back in like 10 minutes. I thought he's going to you know, direct us to, you know, or take us. To that synagogue, a former synagogue, mm-hmm. and instead he told us, "Well, we can't really take you to the synagogue. We have to uh, more or less okay it with the um, government." 
Okay. So at, that point, at that point in time, you know, he, he elaborated to us that since there is a, a Muslim Brotherhood issue in Cairo, where if people come and they ask to see a synagogue or a church, they have to investigate why, what, when, and where. As you know, the Muslim Brotherhood is very powerful, and there were there were attacks on on um, on tourists, and they want to make sure that every step that's taken is secure. So, if you so, wait, so they were afraid maybe you were a terrorist or something because you want to go one, blow yeah, up a yeah, synagogue. Either, exactly. Uh-huh. Either 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 I was sent from Europe, Germany, or somebody, or some, or I was a terrorist, and or I. Or, you know, just want to see it. So whatever the case is. Right. But they have to, that's their rule as a tour guide. They have their, or they did, maybe they don't have now. Maybe things are different. I'm talking about it, it was two years ago, approximately, two and a half. They have a rule that they had a rule that they had to notify, you know, if somebody wants to see these synagogues, they have to know. Mm-hmm. Notify to what? What's your purpose? Okay. So we came down to the, um, to the, um, it was sort of an embassy, not really an embassy, but it was sort of a, what was it? We came down to? Um, council. Council, council. We came down to the council and they, um, and they, um, you know, asked me for my passport and my wife's passport. And when, as soon as they saw my passport, they saw my last name. They asked me, are you Jewish? I'm saying it with their accent. Are you Jewish? And I said, yes. They asked me, are you a Zionist? And I said, "What does Zionism have to do with Judaism?" Good. So they looked. They that. So they looked at me, and that was it. Conversation over. Because which is the correct answer? There's Judaism and there's Zionism. You know that that was the right answer. It's not a combination of the two. It's either one or the other. Um, then they asked my wife for her passport and she had her maiden name on it, which is the king, the king's um, doctor was her great-great-great-grandfather. His name was Moser Ben Maimon. So as soon as they heard that, that that was him, they verified it. First, they took a passport. They went in another room. So wait, wait. Computer. So they saw your wife's passport. Now, your wife is, is there with you. She's the one that told you that it was an embassy, right? I assume. So The consulate. Consulate, consulate. Okay. So they, they saw her maiden name on the passport, and it's Maimon. My so was my, so my so, so my my history with with the Egyptian government is over because I'm you know I'm not a Zionist I'm just a Jew I'm an American good you're welcome that's it you can you know what I mean but did you welcome as a, as a tourist end of story then my wife came to the picture with her last name so they had to go and verify if it's true if she was really the Maimon that that that, that her, her whose ancestor. Is the great 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 grandfather, you know, who who was the who was the king, the king Salah Adin. Right. So hold on, hold on. I, I want to. This is this is like really key to the story. So they, right. how did they associate your wife's name Maimon? There are plenty of people named Maimon, not as many as Shapiro, but there are some. That's not true. No, so that's how did they know? What, what made? Did they ask? About no, the name? No, they didn't ask. They didn't ask. They, they, as soon as I heard the name Maimon, they went. They first of all they went to verify if. What's your name? Like, right. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. So they went to verify, and they went in the other room, and we were like quite nervous. You know, what do they want? You know, they closed the door. They went in the other room, and they um and they um I guess they went 
on the computer to check who her father is, who her uncle or her great father, who her grandfather, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. They found out that this is a miner whose great-great-grandfather was the doctor of King Salah Adin. And and when they came, they came out about... They came out Wait, hold on a second. So this this was Maimonides, he's commonly known as. And your wife correct, is, correct, a, is a, a great-great-granddaughter, descendant of Maimonides, yeah? Right, direct. 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 Mrs. Gottman... Right. Great. Thank you very much for the information. Great. Okay, so they found out that your wife is a descendant of Maimonides direct. That's why he she has his name. Okay, and then what happened? At that point, they came out when, you know, sitting in the room for approximately 10 to 15 minutes. They came out with trays of kenefa. I don't know if you know what, you know what that is. Kenefa, like the... Like no. the um, uh, it's like a cheese. We can't eat it because it's not. It has to be kosher, and you know. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, they brought fruits and chocolate desserts. You know, it's called mazza. They brought all these kinds of desserts. You know, my wife, you know, Sephardic, so she she knows what this stuff is for culture. Mm-hmm. They they brought it all out, and they were they were like, they said, "What can I do for you?" It's the first time a Maimon has been in our country since since the Maimonides. Wow! And it's an honor. To have you here, and you, you, we, we will take you to anywhere you have to go. If you want to go, you will be the guest of us. But at that point in time, they told me to get rid of my tour guide. Now, me, I'm the type of person that if I make arrangements with somebody, this is a done deal. This is the way I do business. So they told, I said no. I told them that this is my tour guide. I paid him. He, he, I'm going to pay him. Or I paid him part of it. I think I paid him part. Mm-hmm. He's going to stay with me for the entire tour. Instead of saying anything, they were actually so impressed that they, they were impressed that I said that I'm not going to let the guy go. That they took their, that they hired, they brought their own with the tour guide to give like a, um, a they we had like um, an escort wherever we went. Uh, take us to wherever you want to go with a free, you know, an open key to the city. Well, so tell me, what, first, up. first, I want to give the um, r- listeners a little idea of when the Rambam, when Maimonides lived, we Jews, we call him Rambam. Um, he was born in the year 1138 in Spain, and he died in 1204 in Egypt. So at the end of his life, he lived in Egypt. And Correct. he was the doctor of the king, and he was... Uh, one of the greatest Jewish sages of his time, perhaps the greatest, and perhaps the greatest, perhaps the greatest Jewish sage of his time. And uh, every uh, Orthodox Jewish kid, kid uh, in elementary school, studies the Rambam's uh, Maimonides' works. So tell me a little about this entourage that they gave you. What type of people were they like? Uh, you imagine like a royal escort, or were they uh, royal, policemen? Royal es- Royal escorts, and sometimes we didn't even know that they're there. But all of a sudden, we're driving, and they pulled up right next to us. And well, you know, it's not they weren't they weren't made obvious. So, like Secret Service, there. they gave you Secret sort Service. Of, mm-hmm. Sort of, sort of, sort of. I wasn't even aware that they were there, and and but they were. We were able to go into different caves of um, from the, the Paro. I have I, I went to see the the cave of the Pharaoh. Wow. You know, back from the days of, you know, you know let my people go. Biblical times. Uh, biblical times, yeah. We and nobody, the, uh, 
And regularly, uh, tourists are not allowed to go there? I don't think so. No. It was closed. They opened the gates for us. It was some of the some of the these places were adorned in gold and diamonds. Wow! And uh, yeah, it, it was a, amazing, you know, and uh, a sight to see. So it's like Mrs. Gottman, you were the first Maimon in Egypt in eight hundred years. That's, that's what they told us. Wow! Yeah, yeah. So, and um, I'll just before I get to the place they took us to. I'll just tell you that one day um, they told us that, you know, at a certain place, um, the girls from the school will come and greet her. They wow. all want to know who this they who, it to be they, Right. They expect it to be some older lady. Because, you know, who would you expect um, um, uh, a granddaughter of such a famous person? You'd think she's a very old woman. All of a sudden, they see my wife, who's a relatively young girl. And they're giggling, and they're having a great time with her, and they're kissing her hand, and they're asking for an autograph. How old were these girls, <laughs> the ones that came out? High school. High school, okay, high school. Teenagers. Teenagers, Teenagers. okay. Right. And they were all, they were so, in, 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 it was like an amazing sight to see for them, smiling and giggling and laughing, and, and we want to go out <laughs> with you, we want to be a friend, and you know, yeah, they spoke English. Yeah. They spoke yeah. English. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's cordial and nice, and you you have no idea. They 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 gave us such such you know as if she was a queen. You know, and I was in the side. I was felt a little. Uh, uh, you were you were the outside. queen's husband. You happened to be the queen's yeah, husband, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly right. So that was one incident. Then then we went to um, we went to this, the synagogue, and um, they opened up the synagogue. I said this is the first you the first. Jewish person here since the Six Day War. Wow! And they opened up all the synagogues, and they are mint condition. Everything in that synagogue, in these synagogues, is as if as was left in the nineteen late fifties, early sixties. Wow! The the biblical books, the Talmud, the um the the, the seating arrangements all have the original names on each seat. It's kept in mint condition. The Torah, the big Torah, the um, the, the actual Torah itself. The scroll. They took the scroll. They took it out for me. Wow! That I can read. I should read it. They wanted me to read it to them. Wow! We're talking about people from the Egyptian government asked me because they wouldn't ask my wife because you know they have right. Their, yeah, they asked me to read it them which i did and very inspiring wow do you remember what part of what part of the torah you ended up reading you know i have a video i think i took you remember which part it was Um, which what what i read when i when i read in the torah what it was number one whatever whatever it was okay you know whatever i just opened to I'm not going to start playing, you know, looking looking for something to say. Okay. As soon as I opened it up, I read that portion, and that was it. You know, you can't just start turning things around. You know? Okay. I, whatever I opened up to, that's what I read. But it was it was an amazing sight to see, and like I said, they have a caretaker in each one of these places, and it's it's preserved totally. 
And there's nobody, uh, it's, it's totally not in use, the synagogue. No, zero. Oh, zero. There's one Jewish woman that my wife met. Uh, um, what's her name? Magda Harun. Magda Harun. Mm-hmm. She, she is, she came to run when she heard the, the, she lives in Egypt. She's not the only Jew. She came to run when she heard that um, the Maimon is in town. She really literally came to run. And she, and she told a story of how people go, Egyptian Muslims, go to the grave of the Rambam, and they sit and they pray at the synagogue. And they, they claim his grave was in the back of the synagogue. And they pray. And a lot of them are healed. And she told me there was one story in particular that she mentioned. Yeah. Um, a woman had an ulcer, and the doctors told her, "There's nothing we can do. It's you know, there's nothing we can do about your ulcer." And she went to the to the synagogue of the Rambam outside in the backyard. She laid down. She fell asleep for about for like two to three hours. A week later, she went back to the doctor. They told her her ulcer is gone, and she. Which is fine. That's one story. Well, you know, I I just uh, a comment. You know, the Rambam is actually currently buried in Tveria in Israel. Well, they what happened? They don't agree with that assessment. Did you did you ask them? Because there is an idea that when the Rambam passed away in Egypt, he was buried in Egypt first before he was moved to Tveria. Right, exactly. They said there's no way, when I told them that, they said there's no way that we would have allowed our great Rambam to be taken away. Maybe some, could be some things are still there? You know, so then again, I'm not going to get involved with if, maybe, why, when. I know for a fact that the Rambam's father, I believe, is buried in Severia. So I, but then again, um, my wife's father even said that he might still be buried in Egypt. He said it's a, it's a question. I don't know. What's the, how do you say Makloka? It's a question. It's questionable. Okay. Some people say yes. Some people say no. Okay. Fine. So uh, at that point in time, um, we went to the we went to the back, the house where the Rambam lived. Um, the, the, the photographs are still, they still have some type of the, you know photographs of him and they have Everything is preserved, as I said. Everything is, 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 is as if you walk into a, a synagogue that's operative. We also went to the um, pyramid. Now, this is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, when we went to the pyramid, I asked the government if I could take a photograph wearing a prayer shawl so I could say a prayer, so I could say a prayer for the, um, for the government. And wear and wearing and and to wear a prayer shawl in the process. So prior to this, um, somebody did call my wife from the government. I think it was LCC because they called her and they welcomed her. So what exactly was it was LC, What exactly happened with LCC? He called you. He said, uh, "Hi, you know, I just want to welcome you to Egypt. Thank you so much for coming. If there's anything we can do to make your stay more comfortable." Let us know. We're so happy to have you here, and you're welcome to come anytime. I wish I could meet you, but now the time doesn't allow. Wow. So who was this that called? Well, called my wife. He didn't call me. LCC. 
Wow. He's the president of Egypt. Yeah. King. President I'm not sure. King? Right. And um, then again, someone that called, uh, could be someone who claimed he was, or maybe he was an assistant to him, or maybe it was him. But as far as my wife understood, he called her. Well, he's um, president. That's right, what they call him. Uh-huh. Okay. So he, but it would make sense that he called her because it was a it was a known fact that someone is here from, right. you know, the Mayan family. Mm-hmm. Here, yeah. And um, so at that point in time, afterwards, when I went to the pyramid, I asked to have a picture wearing the prayer shawl and saying a prayer for the Egyptian government. And they questioned, they said, they, they questioned, this, would it have an effect on a Muslim country? So someone standing with a olive. A Jewish prayer shawl, obviously, Jewish, ju- Jewish obviously, prayer. clearly Jewish. Right, yeah. right. At, at, so that was their question, but they allowed it in my wife's great-grandfather's honor. And I have the picture. Wow. And I have it. Took it. And, they, and they, they surrounded us with cars to make sure that nobody sees. And I Can you prayer. send me a copy of this picture? Of course. I, I'd like to. I'd like to post it with this uh, podcast. Why not? Sure. Okay. So that's what that. Yeah, I, I think I still have it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, and, and you know, and we had a great time. You know, we toured. We then we did the regular touring stuff. Went to the museum, the Egyptian museum, and this and that. It, it was great, and we were we couldn't make it to the other. What was that? The other part, Alexandra. They invited us, Alexandra. Couldn't make it because we had plans to go to Israel, and um, which is, we had a private jet from Cairo to Tel Aviv. Supplied by the Egyptian government? Yeah. Wow. You went on like Air Force One. Uh, Or whatever it was, right. There was nothing, there was no signage on the plane. Uh Uh-huh. No one could tell what the plane is. An inconspicuous Egyptian government plane. Right. We'll, we'll provide it. Yes, they provided us. What that. was it like in there? What's it like inside? When, any... got, when we got to the airport, they were like a, sort of like a red carpet type of, type of an event when we departed uh, the um, the airport in Egypt. We were treated, like as I said, we were treated with royalty from the beginning to the end. And um, so they did invite us, something I left out, they did, they did invite us to stay at the Four Seasons Hotel at the top room, the best room in the house. And then I said, but we already have the best room in the house. And we're staying at the Four Seasons Hotel. So I got a big laugh out of that. You know hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I spent all this money to stay at the top of the roof, top of the line hotel, and the best room in the house, and the government would have given it to me for free. You know? But, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's life. And, it, you know, and then we saw all, all different parts of Cairo. And as I said, we're invited to Alexandria, which I'll take, which I will take them up on it. I don't think this year, but maybe next year, God willing. Wow. Inshallah. So, yeah. so you you plan on you plan on um, going back there and getting another royal oh, yeah. treatment? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey, we, you may we, as well. I, well, I, you know what? You know what? Such a beautiful country, and they're such lovely people, and they're very hospitable, and and we really had a great time, and we've been to many different countries, you know, around the world. We've been to other. Arab countries as well. We've been to Jordan. We've been to um, went to other. We've been to Morocco, which is not necessarily an Arab country. We went to um, where else? We've been to we've been to all the Palestinian territories. 
in Israel and always treated uh, with royalty, but specifically in, in Egypt, obviously, for obvious reasons, but we were treated so nicely. And, um, but you, you never have, had you a problem have... in any, any of these countries because you're Jewish. You never no, had a problem. Well, I, don't, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't look Jewish, and my wife, I don't look Jewish, so they don't know I'm Jewish, so I can't answer that question. I would not walk around with a yarmulke in these countries because I don't need to. I don't need to have somebody think that oh, there is a Zion. It's what I'm, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go. I don't need to go through that. And my wife wears a hijab. Had a respect when she goes to any of any of these territories, and um, we will. Right, the women have to dress modest anyway. So we go. We go. She wears a hijab. We went to. We went to um, um, Nablus. So we went to Bethlehem. We went to. Um, um, Hebron, I went to um, uh, Ramallah, and Jordan, all these places to wear hijab, and that's it. It's all respect. It's all, you, you know, it's like wherever you are, you have to have respect for that country. It's like if someone comes to the Kotel, they put on a yarmulke because that's respect. Same thing. Not like, believe it or not, but in, in Iran, they don't, they dress, they're westernized. They don't all wear a hijab. But in places that do, where the women do generally wear hijab, dress accordingly. So my wife, anyway, is a, is a religious person, and she does dress modest. So putting on a hijab on, on top of her head is just an extra step. That's basically what it is. And, you know, we will go back, um, hopefully sooner than later, just with this whole pandemic thing. I, I want to go back when it's comfortable, not just, you know, and um, I'll also I'll go to Kyle, fly to Cairo. I'll stay there for one night. And then we'll go to Alexandria, and then stay there maybe two nights, and then fly back to Cairo. I mean, the other I didn't go to Luxor. There are a lot of places that we didn't go to. We were so overwhelmed with Cairo that we didn't go to a lot of places. Oh, we saw the Nile where Moses was uh, the basket. We were taken there. We were taken to all the all the sites of the biblical sites. We were taken to to their knowledge. I mean, you know, no one knows exactly where, but to their knowledge, we were taken to all. The biblical thing. Wow. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Gutman. And if you go back and you have another story, let me know. Thank you so so much. much. Thank you, both of you, for being on tonight. Thank you. Sure. You're welcome. Bye. Wow. I thought that was an amazing story. And it's one that people need to hear because there are people out there that would swear that if there are any synagogues left in Egypt, they must be busted up, burnt down, smashed, because the Egyptians all hate Jews, because it says in the Quran that you have to hate Jews and like blow up their synagogues and things like that. And the reason why people believe that is because Egypt doesn't get along with Israel so well. And if you don't like what Israel's doing, must be you're an anti-Semite. That's pure propaganda. These, there are people who will tell you that the entire resistance that the Arabs had towards the Zionist project was only due to anti-Semitism. And if it was the Chinese or the Mexicans that wanted to create a state over there, they would have welcomed them. Now, that's clearly not true. And although there are anti-Semites in Egypt, as there are all over the world, part of the reason for that is because the Zionists tell people falsely, it's pure propaganda that the Zionist project represented all the Jews. They're doing it in the name of world Jewry, that Zionism was the national 
self-determination movement of the Jewish people. It wasn't. It was the, a movement of the Zionists. Most Jews at the time opposed it. So there are Jews that believe that the entire Arab opposition to Zionism was only based on anti-Semitism, which is, of course, nonsense. And there are Arabs who believe the Zionist propaganda that, said they, that says they represent the Jews. And people who would otherwise not be anti-Semitic become anti-Semitic because they believe that their enemies, the Zionists, the people who they have a fight with, are really all the Jews. It's good to hear stories such as this. Great story. Thank you for listening to Committing High Reason, the podcast that brings you the thoughts that count. For more material from Rabbi Shapiro, and for this episode's show notes and links, head on over to www.committinghighreason.com. 